Welcome to God is Open. I'm your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're going to be talking about Calvinistic condescending language. And what I mean by that is Calvinists, when they come to the Bible, they see the Bible as a bunch of condescending language. It doesn't mean what it says. The Bible could say literally anything. The Bible could say God repents. They will reject it out of hand. They'll say, this is condescending language. You can't believe what the Bible says on the face value. That is meant to be written to people of lower intelligence, to people who don't understand the true attributes of God that I myself, I know, I know what they are. So I could, I have this special privilege to understand that this language should be dismissed in favor of our prior theology. That's literally their position uh, time and time again. And I got a couple examples uh, that we will play. We'll kind of go through and we'll see this operate in real time. Calvinist saying as much. Arminians do it too. Arminians do it too. Uh, so it's not it's not like uh, it's, it's exclusive to Calvinist. It's the Bible says something I don't like. Therefore, the Bible must be dismissed. No rhyme or reason other than that. So I'm going to hit play and we're going to hear parts of my debate with Daniel Madden. Daniel Madden, our debate was about Isaiah. I was arguing that God has discursive knowledge in Isaiah. When God decrees, a decree is discursive. One thing leads to another. One thing builds up to another. It's it's a time-bound thing. Decrees are discursive. If God decrees, then God is the God of open theism. That it's going from, from one thing to the next to the next, as though something happens, he learns something, then he responds to that in time as though he didn't know it was going to happen exactly like that um do you, do you see how that's that's weird to me coming to the text isaiah says god will answer them so god's responding to people and then you're saying oh no well, absolutely. that's from their perspective that's exactly what's happening yeah when i pray right. to god he answered my prayers and it's actually him answering my prayers because he has foreordained that that would be the means by which he would carry out his will is that I would seek it from him and he would answer my prayer. He's I'm glad you make that distinction from our perspective. You're saying that this text from our perspective says open theism. No, that's not what I'm saying. From our perspective, it looks like it looks like God is answering prayer in the way that you're describing, but it's not, it is yeah. not defining God that way. It's from our perspective, what God is doing in time. He does from our perspective, their, he this is discursive. Answers, he absolutely answers their question or their, their request in time, and yet he has decreed that he would do so. He has decreed that they would ask for it, and he knew the outcome, and he knew the, the means by which that would come about. So, no, it's not discursive in the way that you're describing it. Right, but if you read it, uh, from our perspective, you said it's discursive. Is, is a normal person going to think this is discursive, that God is answering prayer? What I'm saying is that God and man are not the same at <laughs> all, and in answer. no way is. In fact, that's one of the major themes of this section: is that how high God's ways are above ours, and how His how His understanding is unsearchable by us. That, that there's a, a vast difference between the two. And so this is simply def describing what's happening in history, in time. This is the way we perceive it, and it is in no way in conflict with an all-knowing uh, God that has decreed these things for. Yeah, so, so basically anytime you say that, oh, it's from our perspective and this is just uh, written for us at our level, I, I got a lot of feedback from someone's mic somewhere. No? Okay. Right there. All right, so basically every time you state that uh, 
you know, this is from our perspective, it looks like this, but really there's this eternal decree. Basically what you're saying is Isaiah's writing like an open theist, just that he secretly has this entire different system that he's operating on. And so we really don't take the text on face value. God doesn't actually answer us uh, from a divine perspective. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And so I, I think I do a pretty good job in this debate mopping up how he is admitting the text says exactly what the open theist states that the text say, says. So the open theist will come to a text like uh, Genesis 6 says, God repents, and the open theist will say, oh, God repents. And the Calvinist will say, yes, it does say God repents, but, but you got to understand that this was written to us. This was written for our level of intelligence. So they are actually admitting the Bible teaches everything an open theist claims, just that they reject the text. This is, this is a very important distinction. So when we are uh, countering Calvinistic proof texts, we say the text doesn't say what you, you think it says. They'll turn to 1 John 3.20 and say, say, God knows everything, which includes all past, present, and future knowledge, all potentialities, all actualities. And you turn back a verse or a chapter prior to two John, or 1 John 2.20 and it says, man knows all things. They'll take that in a complete different way because they have no reading standards. So they'll read one verse normally, and then the other verse they'll just import all their assumptions on. But in the open theist, when we're talking about proof texts, they affirm that what we are reading is the correct face value reading. So much so that they state that the audience was meant to take it the way that we state. We, and the text says God repents, and they say, oh, that's just for our level. That's for our understanding. Okay, so you're admitting that it was written in that way to communicate the things that we say that it is communicating. Just, you just have a problem with the theology that uh, it would be communicating if it was true. And so you have to use this thing where you could selectively decide when into the Bible to ignore, ignore the face value, plain reading, meant to be, be communicated to the audience. Again, they're admitting when they say this that the Bible was written as if open theism was true. Anytime they say that the open theism or or that uh, the language is condescending, anytime they say that the language is not to be taken literally and uh, it's for it's baby talk, as John Calvin uses it, he calls it baby talk. That's just like, oh, little baby, oh, you're so little. And it's, 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 it's nonsense, they think. But they think that it is communicating something to us that we, if we took seriously, would think is open theism. They admit our points. They admit our points. They just don't like the text, and so they have to dismiss it. The Bible doesn't mean what the Bible says. And they admit the Bible says it. All right, this next clip that we're going to go over is our good friend, Smokey Saint. Now, he's a little bit of a nutter, and he's a little bit uh, full of himself, like we've already discussed, and highly irrational. But it's a, it's a common Calvinist. It's a common Calvinist argument, common Calvinist thought. He believes these are Calvinist ideas. And he wants to attack Renic Pelagian. This is their conversation there about... 1 John 3.20 For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So the Calvinists, they're really jealous of the open theists. The open theists could just turn to texts uh, like Genesis 6, God repents and say, oh, see it says God repents, so God repents. 
and they'll say, hey, we'll turn to our text and we'll read something about God knowing all things. And the plain face value reading is that God's knowledge is ungenerated, non-discursive, uh, eternal, perfect, uh, non-falsifiable, and it includes all things past, present, and future. That's what they'll do. And they'll say, see, that's the face value reading because they're, they're on another level. They're, they're off in la-la land. They're, they're, they're psychotic. They don't take that phrase, all things, to mean that in, in any other context. So one, one chapter previously, it, in uh, 1 John 2.20, it says, man knows all things. Man knows all things. And they won't take the same phrase in the same way because they, they can't do that. They can't operate with a consistent standard or else they can't find any proof text to try to latch on and say, oh, you're not reading the text correctly. But for, for a demonstration of this, all things almost never, almost never means what they claim. So take that phrase, I'll put quotes around it, pop it into Google Books and go find a book in which all things means ungenerated, unfalsifiable knowledge extending to all things past, present, and future. That's not what the phrase ever, ever means. And if it ever does, it's going to be in some thick, dense theological text trying to make that specific claim, but it doesn't ever mean that. This, this is a non-starter argument. They're just desperate for arguments. So they, what, what is their strategy? What do I need to say to make you do what I want? They are, they're literally bound by no standards to try to force you and try to shame you, try to yell at you. That's what they do. That's what the Smoky Saint guy does. He has zero intellectual integrity. That's a, that's a huge problem among Calvinists. Some Arminians too. This, these, these arguments are not limited to Calvinists. Some Arminians will use dismissive language of the text. Oh, the text definitely st states what you're claiming it states. It's definitely meant to be taken that way by the audience. But guess what? God has a secret meaning underneath because uh, this language is not to be taken literally in the sense that it, it gives us something of of uh, value about God himself. It's actually more for our benefit. Like, like in the Moses example, oh, God is interacting with Moses for Moses's benefit and not for his own. Well, that's not what the text says. The text says that God repented of what he said he is going to do. And it was based on these arguments and time and time again, that the Bible confirmed these things. That's, that's what the Bible says. And so not only are, do they have to make, take unliterally the, the exact words of the scenario that they're originally presented with, but further on down the line in the Bible, every time the Bible comments on that, they have to do the same. But let's listen to Smokey Saint and how he treats the Bible. I am, sir, and I was making a point initially, which you seem to have jumped right over, that you are inconsistently applying your hermeneutics. So that, that's the claim that right there. He's saying, if you go to Genesis 6 and say, hey, look, it says God repented, God repented. So therefore, when you turn to 1 John 3.20, and it says, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things, you must accept that he's describing that God knows all things past, present, future, uh, maybe things possible, maybe things probable, that God, uh, he has this ungenerated, non-discursive, eternal, ungenerated knowledge, not coming from outside himself. That's, that's the claim. It's a ludicrous claim made by ludicrous people, ludicrous claim, but that's what they need to do because he needs a blunt weapon to bludgeon his opponent. His opponent is actually taking the Bible seriously. 
He's reading the Bible and trying to say, hey, what does this mean? What, what are some variations of meaning in the text? Remember, words and phrases don't mean just one singular thing. If you do that test with the all things, you put quotes around it, you go to Google Books and just do a big search on that, you're going to find all sorts of books in all sorts of contexts using that phrase in all different ways. And just add knows all things or sees all things and do a search on that. It means all sorts of things in all different contexts. Just that, just that, uh, the Smoky Saint and, and his little followers, they really want a proof text. So they have a very, very heavy intellectual stake in trying to force this meaning to be their one specific thing. And then what they do is then they take this and say, oh, now we got our special reading out of this. It trumps everything else in the Bible. The Bible could say God repents or God doesn't know things. God was surprised. Doesn't matter. We got this Trump text. This 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 text is our go-to. We're planting our flag here and no, no other words in the Bible mean anything. And literally, you'll ask him, we'll say, what can the Bible say to communicate that God changes his mind? They won't have an answer. They will not have an answer. And uh, that's pretty funny. I was asked by Calvinist once what the Bible could say to show that God has knowledge of all future events. And then I posted a bunch of texts from the Gnostics who, who literally believe such a thing and they wrote about such a thing and in wording that was pretty pretty obvious what they're communicating. And so open theism is falsifiable based on the language of the text, but Calvinism is not because their system trumps anything, any wording found in any combination anywhere in the Bible their system rules. Again, they don't take this text seriously. They don't take it uh, in, a, in a way that communicates anything of value. They got their secret system, and that system trumps everything. Anyway, I'm going to hit play, and we'll hear him talk some more. And you have, you have to betray them in this text that we're trying to clearly show you evidences where in plain reading of the text, it shows that God is claiming to know Plain reading. Like, it's a gaslighting like technique in absoluteness and completeness. And you're trying to say it means it's a gaslighting technique. He says, this is the plain reading. My, my reading is the plain reading. It's not. It's not. We have not admitted that. We have not ceded that point. In fact, you have ceded the point that our texts are the plain reading because you said, oh, that's just for human understanding. That that's that's not to be taken literally. So you have admitted our readings are the plain readings. I think is it uh, Bruce Ware does this in his book. He says, yep, those are the plain readings. And then he says, well, open theists, if they want the plain reading of Genesis 22, have to admit that God doesn't have present knowledge. And his argument was, uh, if open theists also need to do what they do and ignore the plain reading of the text. Oh, it, it's, it's glorious. Something different. And we try to say the same thing when you pull up a text and try to claim, well, God learned something. And we're saying, no, sir, God is making claims. He knows all things. So we take that as a presupposition and then we go and digest See? the text because that's describing. what's called doing sound exegesis. You're just looking independently at verses where God seems to potentially be communicating in a way that's very sociologically level with the mankind he's communicating to, and therefore you're automatically... This is also what they like to do. They, they like to build verse hierarchies. And it's never the hierarchies like in Amos or in Jonah, where it says God is a God who repents, and that repenting is one of his fundamental characteristics. It's these weird verses in the middle of John, in the New Testament, 
thousands of years after the Bible was originally started to be written, and that is their go-to proof text. It's not in Genesis when when Israel's first learning about God. It's not in Exodus so when when uh, when Israel is getting their foundational principles about God's operation and moral law. This is not what they're going to turn to. They're going to turn to a more recent text, a little phrase, and then they're going to jump back and then take how they read that little phrase and use that to trump up all these other texts that they really don't want to be true. It really doesn't. And Smokey's saying, we, we've heard him before, uh, he would be emotionally devastated if open theism was in fact true. He wouldn't like it. Radically assuming God is now bound by the constraints of that communication to be the, of that nature and it's just it's not sound hermeneutics and the I point this at some point sure no i'm, I'm almost done i'll just finish right here the final point is that what it is is you have to betray your own human let's let's go back just a little bit to and therefore you're automatically assuming god is now bound by bound. the constraints of that communication to be the, of that nature so yeah, he's see he's admitting that's what the communication is communicating. He's admitting it. He says, "But my hermeneutic means that God is not bound by the constraints of what's actually communicated in your texts." That's what he's saying. This is their arguments. This is how they think. And uh, I, I was just in a clubhouse conversation on this very subject with Laron. And we had all sorts of uh, detractors on, and they would come on, and not all of them are Calvinists. Some of them are non-Calvinists. Some some of them are Calvinists, and they would literally argue with us that the text doesn't mean what the text says. God says that He tested them to know what was in their hearts, and they'll say, "No, that that's not accurate. That's not what it's describing." God's where in the Bible does it say that God learns? Well, right there in the text where it says God tested them to know what's in His hearts. That's literally what it says. And they'll just deny this face reading, which was really funny. That that was what the live stream was about. And it and it was just flatly denied by audience members popping in. Oh, one guy popped in. He said, oh, you, there's all different ways to interpret the text. Okay, I agree with that. There are different ways to interpret different texts. He's like, there's spiritual readings and there's this and this and this. Yeah, um, but here's the thing. The only time you ever come in with these <clears throat> extra interpretive uh, spiritual interpretations or whatever is when we're looking at the Bible. Do we do it with any other texts anywhere in human history? Do we do it with the Numa Elish? Do you do it with Jane Austen? Oh, what's the spiritual meaning behind this? You don't. Uh, it's just the Bible is a special book. People assign specific uh, special values to the book. And so everyone has some sort of intellectual stake in trying to force the book to mean their specific thing. That's why you come up with the, oh, queer theory in the Bible and stuff like that. It's just like as if a first century Jewish man, Jesus, would endorse the LGBTQ ideas and movements. Uh, it, it's absolutely insanity. It's it's not historically uh, doing scholarship towards the Bible. It's not historical scholarship. It's not treating the Bible with any genuinity. It's not teach, treating the Bible with any respect. It's Here's a special book that a lot of people attach importance to. How can I make it fit my agendas? How can I make it fit my agendas? Uh, and they'll do this and they'll do and it, it will be fairly blatant. Oh, you can't uh, you can't believe what the text actually says. It's got to mean something else for this and this reason. 
uh, verse proof text trumping. This proof text over here is the one I'm staking my flag on. It overrides everything else. You know, I'm not going to listen to any of your ways to deconflict these texts. It has to be that my one text takes precedence. So much so that, in fact, I could ignore the points that you're making about your own proof text. That is the idea that, that they communicate. And we, we've seen it expressly. Uh, Daniel Madden, Smokey Saint, Normal Calvinists, uh, <laughs> Bruce Ware. Normal Calvinists, this is their how they operate. The Bible cannot have any combination of words, meaning open theism is true. They'll reject any combination of words stated in the Bible. And what they'll do is like the Smoky Saint guy, he'll say, you got to look at the overall picture. You got to look at the overall picture. But they time and time again fail to show us that overall picture being established. There's one guy in the chat. He's He started talking about God's unilateral promise to Abraham. Which I, I admit that God has unilateral promises, uh, one, one to Abraham in particular, that is the central focus of the Bible. God's commitment to bless the whole world through Abraham is a central promise. And he says, all these things work together. We see all these stories in the Bible where this is being fulfilled. Therefore, God has eternal knowledge of all future events. That just doesn't logically flow. It doesn't. God has the ability to accomplish. I pointed out time and time again to him that, yeah, uh, John the Baptist, he stated that if uh, all of Israel rejected God, God could kill them all and raise new children of Abraham from the rocks because God is not limited by our imagination. If you see a complex story happening in the Bible, that means God is innovative. It doesn't mean God meticulously knew all details in the future forever. That wasn't John the Baptist's idea of how God operates. John the Baptist thought God, open theism is true. God doesn't know the future. And God can, in fact, uh, respond to changing events to ensure that his promises come true. That's the God of the Bible. We got one a very hostile Calvinist lady on, and she just started going off emotionally. And so she turned us to Job. I think she turned us to Job 38. We'll go there. And she literally read us half the chapter. And I I, I, was, I tried to stop her once in a, a little bit, but no, she just, she really, really wanted to read us half the chapter of Job 38. And we'll turn there real quick and we'll take, take a look at the mindset of these individuals. She was very emotional when she was reading these things. I'm going to increase the size of the text. And the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, remember, what, what she's trying to argue is that God has knowledge of all future events. Who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man. I'm reading the King James. I'll switch over the new King James to make it a little bit easier. Now prepare yourself like a man, and I'll question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Look at that discursive. God's determining, God's deciding, God's talking in this context. This is all discursive. Or who stretched out to line upon it? Uh, to what were its foundations fastened, and who laid its cornerstone? He's saying God did all these things. God acts in real time. When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. The angels are watching him do this. That's, that's interesting. Or who shut in the sea with its door when it burst forth and issued from the room? When I made the clouds its garment and thickness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors. When I said, this far you may come and no farther. So God, God's doing things, right? 
Um, and so she literally read us half this chapter and absolute none of it had to do with God's knowledge and God's knowledge of the future events. And then like she finished and I was waiting for some sort of something at something to prove what she's attending to, to prove. And it just didn't come. It just didn't come that they're operating without ammo in their pouches. They're, they are just shooting off anything that they possibly can and assuming it means their theology. They, they see that statements about God being powerful and mighty and unable to be opposed, that God controls everything, that the future is set, that nothing can happen that God didn't know about. Why? Because God is powerful. That's how their mindset works. It's, it's not a rationalist mindset. It's, it's very... It feels like these people have been brought up with a specific way of thinking that prohibits normal, rational, coherent thinking. And we see that throughout. We see that Smokey Saint denying Irenic's arguments, not proving his points that he's trying to prove, and then claiming hypocrisy against Irenic. Remember, it's, it's not hypocrisy because the open theist intends to read those texts as those texts are written. Whereas Smokey Saint and others try to undermine the text. That text doesn't mean what it's actually saying, that we admit it's teaching to the people because there's some special system underneath of it. It's, it's written for our understanding. It's, it's written for our sake. It's not declaring truths about who God is. That's their argument. That's why it's not hypocrisy. Their hermeneutic is absolute nonsense. Their hermeneutic is the Bible can literally say anything and will reject it in favor of our own theology. The open theist doesn't say that. There are specific phrases that do mean uh, open theism is false. They're just not found in the Bible. They're found in the Gnostics. They're found in the early church fathers. They're, they're found in those particularly of a Platonist background who come from Platonism. And uh, uh, self-admittedly are, are implementing Platonism in the church, like Augustine, like Justin Martyr. Those individuals, well, Justin Martyr doesn't self-admittedly, he just says that the Platonists were the best school. But others, you know, Origen, uh, Platonists, like that. Those people, Clement of Alexandria, they have a strong commitment to Platonist doctrine. And you'll find these phrases, you'll find these explanations in, in their works, but you're not going to find it in the Bible. Anyways, I just want to talk about how Calvinists don't take the Bible seriously. They don't care about what the text says. They have no consistent hermeneutic, and they will project against others. They'll claim that the others, we, we're the ones without the consistent hermeneutics. Why? Because we don't read the Bible like they do. Anyways, questions or comments, put that down below. Thank you for listening.